1: Boogie well, hates racism and Chris Paul, and who cannot get on board with that platform?
2: If I've learned a lot,
1: this I, I'm not going to say it, that sounds too good, No, roll. Uh, ro- no, 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 yeah. no, 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 <laughs>
2: no.
1: If the Bucks do win it all, Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. I'm Ty Windish, one of your hosts, here as always with the... Can't even think of a good enough word. The indescribable Rohan Cadi. Oh, I like it. Rohan, sir, how's it going?
2: Doing well. Doing well, Ty. All things are going well uh, in life. The Milwaukee Bucks have won two games in a row for what feels like the first time in forever. <laughs> um, it's uh, it, it feels like a good time. I know it was last week. Okay, I know it was last week. Last <laughs> the Bucks won two games in a row, but after two straight losses and a little bit of a Downturn they've been on.
1: It's nice to have some positive vibes. It is. This is a a self-proclaimed positive pod because the Bucks scraped out two wins on a back-to-back, mind you, without Giannis, without Chris, without Serge Ibaka. It's a whole can of worms there. It's, we're not going to get into that now. Not not so more on that. I think later this week, maybe on this podcast feed. But nonetheless. Without two very important players and Surge, the Bucks managed to win back-to-back games against Indiana and against the Raptors, both at home, I believe. And we're here to just give out some flowers, not just for those two games. Really, I think, for a lot of performances this season, clearly the Bucks are very used to playing without Chris this year, unfortunately, and, you know, have missed Giannis for a lot of games, too. What of the Bucks played? 45, I believe, with yep. Bobby Portis and Javon Carter being the two guys to play all 45 games. Giannis has missed 10. Drew has missed 11. Chris has missed 38. You know, the list goes on. Pat Cotter has only played 29. Joe Ingles, who I'm sure we'll talk about later, only played 13 games. So there's just been a lot of games without full personnel, uh, especially offensively. I think that's mattered, but certainly on the defensive end as well. So let's give out some flowers. I think there is a clear place to start. For once, it's not Giannis. He hasn't played in four games. So we love you, Giannis. Not this pod. Drew Holiday. I mean, we had talked earlier in the year about Brook Lopez making a great all-star case. And I would still love to see Brook Lopez in the all-star game. But I think Drew Holiday may be coming out of the scene as a better candidate for the all-star game. One, because they love flashy point totals and everything. And Drew just against the... Raptors had a season high 37 points on 61/50 shooting splits. Really just like doing Zero everything free the Bucks throws. need. Yeah, z- don't even get – that the officiating in that game. The Bucks made the, the Bucks won anyway. Uh 7 assists you, for Drew. Bill,
2: Billy Kennedy put on a show though when he was announcing his. He league. always
1: does. I mean
2: in arena everyone was laughing. It was so Yeah.
1: Funny. I mean <laughs> we we'll, we'll, we'll have to talk about the scuffle when we get to Brooke cuz that was What Brooks said about it after, I don't know if you saw what he said, just really unhinged. Uh, Only seven assists for Drew, and I say only seven because it snapped a streak of double-double points assists for three straight games before that, so the the first three games without Giannis. Two of those losses in Miami, but wouldn't exactly pin that on Drew. He played well in one, had trouble making shots in the second one, but... A little Miami flu could have been at play, but Drew follows 35 11 against the Pacers with 37 7 against the Raptors. Really effective shot making in both. I think we could, I think we will go into the different parts of his game that have been really impressive. And obviously, you know, the defensive constant that he is. He had two steals in both of those games and a great block against the Raptors, but he's just stepped up. I mean, plain and simple. Drew Holiday has said, you need me to be the first option for a week? I can do that, and and he did it. I mean, really impressive, especially, you know, the Bucks have not lost more than four straight all season. they have lose both Miami games. They're in a spot where they could match that on a back-to-back, which back-to-backs are never easy, especially without Giannis playing either game. And he just averages 36-9 and nine to make sure the Bucs don't lose those games. Rohan, take it away. What have you seen – that you've been most impressed with from Drew Holiday this season?
2: Well, first, I think he, I think, I believe I saw that he is the first Bucks guard with back to back 35 plus point games since Michael
1: Redd. 2006, I believe. Yeah.
2: Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Shout out Michael Redd, by Two the Two legends. Original, original 22 right there. Um, sorry, but Chris is better.
1: Uh, <laughs> you don't have to apologize. I think he knows.
2: Yeah. But uh, one thing I've really, really enjoyed from Drew Holiday recently is that he just looks more in control. I know a lot of the times earlier in the season when there was like Giannis was missing some games and even when Giannis was playing and obviously Chris was out, we felt like Drew was a little bit out of control on the offensive end. Uh, He would be taking some weird shots. He would be just like taking some uh, like early shot clock jumpers, like some weird setback. And maybe he still is. Maybe this shot selection hasn't really changed, but the the thing is now they're going in. <laughs> now they're, those shots, those shots where you're like, oh no, 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 they turn into oh no, 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 yes, uh, because they're actually going in, and if they make the basket, that solves all your problems. But it just feels like he's he's more he's more poignant about what he's doing. Uh, everything he does seems more controlled. That's the word I keep coming back to because, like I mentioned earlier in the season, it just felt like he was just. He was just vibing out there. He was just doing whatever he wanted on the offensive end. It was a little bit sloppy. It wasn't as clean. It wasn't as crisp. It wasn't as precise. But now it just feels like he's in his own offensive rhythm. He knows what shots he's going to be taking and making on a consistent basis. He knows where other guys are going to be out there on the court. Uh, It just seems like this team is starting to mesh a little offensively with Drew Holiday at the helm as the point guard. Because unfortunately, like you mentioned, Chris Middleton, who's like been the de facto point guard a lot of times, has been out. Drew Holiday has been forced to be like a true traditional point guard for a majority of the time, even though I'd say he's more a natural two guard. Uh I think he might be proven you're wrong. I know, that's what he's I'm saying. He's, like, been, yeah. he's looking like a bona fide star point guard tie. And you're right. All star all star consideration might not be that far out of the realm of possibility.
1: This is his fourth best season in terms of assists per game, and he's playing less minutes than any of the first three. I've got to look. This might be number one in per minute assists. Uh, No, 13-14, he had more with New Orleans, but this is number two in terms of assists per 36 minutes for Drew. He's also scoring much more. That was his age 23 season uh, is the first one. A lot of bucks highs, though, for Drew, which I think is very interesting. The 19.4 points he's scoring per game are his highest in a Bucks uniform, as you mentioned. You know, a lot of this is just more load without Chris. But still, it, it has to be done and props to him for being able to do it. 7.4 assists is by far his career high – or his Bucks high again, I should say. You know, that's all the way up from 6.1, his first Bucs season in almost the same minutes. So, you're talking about a guy who's become much more integrated within the offense and is making plays – 4.9 rebounds is the highest he's had in the Bucks uniform. Um, 1.4 steals is a little lower. 3.1 turnovers is, is a little higher. These are just things you expect with you know some more usage on the offensive end. A couple interesting things though: 38.8 percent from three is actually his lowest regular season Bucks total. It hasn't felt like it. It's not far off. That,
2: it feels wrong well, it's like I, you don't you don't consider Drew to be like oh my god he's a regular forty percent three point shooter.
1: But he has been in Milwaukee, which is well in the regular season. Regular. I mean, in the playoffs, it's like thirty and thirty one percent. Last year, I think is more understandable. Year one, you know, maybe he's at growing pains. I will say the the positive for Drew's three point shooting is a it doesn't it feels like I think some of the best he's shot is a buck and more, most consistent. That may be because it's by far not just a Bucks high, a career high in terms of threes attempted per game. He's up to 6.3 threes per game and still knocking down nearly 39%. Hopefully, that additional volume will help him continue to be consistent there. And his two-point percentage is a little bit down. I think, again, that, that may just be having to do so much more, not having Chris Middleton and the extra space that that gives you. But and he's it's just, just stepped it's, up. It's...
2: It- it's just a trend we're seeing from the Bucks nowadays, where just no one can finish at the rim. Yeah, uh, which is <sighs> kind of weird. That's not, aside Pat, from like Pat's
1: yeah. role for, against the Raptors, where he basically had like a dunk and he missed it, and he got it back oh and tried God. to do a hook shot and he missed it. And I was like, Pat, come on,
2: man. I was, I was, yeah. I, I think I I was at the game. Yeah, and I was like trying, I was trying to get good clips because I was really close. Shout out to my girlfriend for that. Uh, we were like, I was trying to get like, oh, this is going to be a cool clip. And I'm just like recording. And then it's just Pat getting offensive rebound after offensive rebound just to brick three layups in a row. And I was like, Pat, <laughs> what are you doing? You're not Ursan Ilyasova here. Like, uh,
1: what's maybe, going on? Maybe he talked to Urson before the game. And said, hey, keep my legacy alive. Who knows? Um, we might talk about Pat a little bit later. He's played well. I, I don't know. Just the three-point shot is rebounding. There's a couple of good role players on the team who their three-point percentage for the season looks really bad. Um, Sometimes that's true. Bobby Portis, there's been a feeling that his shot has improved. You look at the splits and there's like no single month, including January, over 33%. It's like, oh, okay, well. you saving it
2: for the playoffs, Todd.
1: I'll take it. I would honestly take it. Um, But Pat's at 32%. But I think for December or for January, he's like 36%. So it's just a slow start is still weighing down that number for Pat. So not too worried there. But I think he's played overall pretty well. Not not many exclamation points for him lately, but playing well. Um, I, I think – do you have anything else on Drew? I, I'll say I just think against Toronto, and I know we just said his two-point shooting has been down a little bit. The way he got to the rim whenever he wanted, despite like – He's not just – it's not just like Van Vliet. Who's a fine defender in his own right? Worse on ball than off ball, but fine. Kind of tiny. I mean really not a good matchup for Drew.
2: You you can't help yourself if you're you're tiny. Like Fred Van Vliet, very, very good defender, but he's still still small.
1: Yeah, I mean we've seen this with Javon, right? Like Javon, sometimes a guy just gets too close to the basket and he just can't do anything if if he can't swipe the ball anymore. But Drew is not – I'm not talking about going through Van Vliet. Drew is going through Pascal Siakam. OG and Anobi, like big, strong physical, vaunted defenders. I mean, OG supposedly, according to some, should be ahead of Brook Lopez and DPOY. I didn't see that last night. I mean, I <laughs> he had a good defensive game. I think he does well against Giannis. He didn't do well, really, I think, against anyone on the box. I mean, Drew was going through OG and Pascal like they weren't even there, which I think is, is not just to denigrate those two, but it's really a credit to Drew. And his strength. And and as a point guard, he's able to just get to the rim and make some really nice finishes with both hands. Like, that to me I thought was even more impressive because I, I felt like in these last couple of games, late in the games, he hasn't relied on the three as much. He's hit some clutch threes, but it feels like in big moments he is going toward more certain shots more, whether it's the mid range. And he's had so many late game heroics in the last several weeks here. The Knicks game too, right? Like he has just been a clutch, like star player in these games. And I think a lot of it is being more comfortable finishing at the rim and finishing in the mid range. Like he's really scoring at three levels lately. And I think that makes him so much harder to guard. And it's just been impressive as hell. I mean, we've seen in prior seasons, he'd have that same strength and ability to get to the rim and then miss. It just feels like maybe he's just on a heater, maybe... I know he puts in a lot of work on finishing with both hands, but it feels like he's kind of bridged that gap lately of being able to finish when he creates that space around the rim, and it's kind of made him unstoppable offensively.
2: It really, really has. And I think one thing that we have not we've neglected to mention so far is oh yeah, by the way, he's still probably the best perimeter defender in the in the NBA.
1: There's some when he who had the ball, I think it was Siakam. And, like, he's sizing up Bobby Portis. And Drew just runs over and takes it and gets a layup. And I was like, dude, that, he looks so easy doing that. Like, he's doing so much offensively. And he's like, I'm just going to get two more quick. And it was just yeah. gone. Like, his hands, I mean, we just talked about offensively. His defensive hands are really ridiculous.
2: It's it's truly wild. And it's something that this Bucks team has really been lacking in. I, I recognize that the Bucks have not been, like, a huge... Huge team in terms of transition opportunities because they're just so slow and old. Yeah, talk old. about this, but yeah. we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that. Shout out Serge Ibaka. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I cracked myself up there. Um,
0: we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed.
2: But it, it's it's plays like that where you can just get out and get easy, efficient transition buckets when you just have nice like backcourt deflections. Backcourt deflections are so so easily leading to transition opportunities. And Drew Holiday is a guy who can really really help out with that. Javon Carter had a few as well, in, because like you mentioned, he's a great great defender in his own right. But Drew Holiday, just his size, is able to read passing lanes, get in passing lanes before the pass is even made. And like you mentioned, just going and taking the ball. Do you remember? Do you remember when Kawhi was on the Spurs and uh, I think Rudy Gay was on the Kings? There was a stretch where it was two plays in a row where Kawhi just like Rudy Gay tried to dribble the ball. Kawhi just took the ball uh, and then go when it got a dunk. And then the next possession, like after they inbounded the ball, yeah. Rudy Gay's bringing the ball up the court. Kawhi just takes the ball again and then goes gets an and one, I think, this time.
1: That's what Drew Holiday feels like. Was both of it with one hand, too? Yeah. Like, he just, like, reached out and just, like, had the ball. Like, those clips – oh, yeah. It's like –
2: There was a stretch stretch of San Antonio Kawhi where you could not dribble the ball near him. Drew Holiday is feeling like he's coming into that zone.
1: I'm going to have a great piece of Bucks trivia for you in a second, Ooh, but I'm still working okay. on it. Um, I'm going to tee up you to talk about someone else, and this is a hilarious person for me to have you talk about in particular. I don't think there's anywhere else we could go second. Also, uh, the the stat is actually about Drew, so we'll have to circle back when I have it finished. Okay. But Drew's playmaking has just been excellent too. Um, I, won't, I don't want to tee it up too early, but speaking of playmaking – Rohan, you got freaking jingled, mate, because your free agency pod reaction and, and my takes – and I kind of joined you on this a little too quickly after in- Joe Ingles, obviously, you're talking about, had kind of just gotten back healthy. And he's been incredible. Like he has looked so good. I was joking in the Discord. Shouts to the GSPN Discord, GSPN.info to join that. Um, a lot of discussion there also a lot of discussion on our repod you can find pod specific discussion there we'll be posting about this episode every gspn pod we post about so come engage and chat about the episodes at repod join repod who is it com. oh i don't yeah. have it handy join repod.com slash gspn
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay that's it yep i nailed it i should have believed in myself but Joe, have some faith in yourself, Ty. You're, you're good at what you do. Ty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank have some you. confidence. Thank you, deserve,
2: you. you deserve some confidence.
1: I, I needed that gas up, just like Joe Ingles needed a gas up from us. He didn't get it. Didn't matter. I guess he didn't need it. Um, he's been really good, like really good. But I was joking in the Discord, like the ACL isn't as big of a deal. He just didn't have any athleticism to lose. Um, I want to, I want to eat some crow on that though. He outran Pascal Siakam in transition. Did you see what I'm talking about? I rewound it on the iPad. I'm an iPad watcher now. And I like it because I'll put my phone down. And if if I need to rewatch something, I'll just rewatch and then catch up. I realized, like, I don't need to be – have the fastest speed on the game in the third quarter. It doesn't really matter. So it's been much more enjoyable to watch without without distractions. And then you can
2: fast forward through commercials. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's been good. But I was like, did that really – and Siakam was in front of him. When the rebound starts, and I don't think Siakam was trying, but still. Like, Ingles gets in front of him and then does the, like, soccer player, like, you're not going around me, you're not going around me, you're not going around me, and then slings a bullet to Drew Holiday for a layup and transition. But Ingles has just been phenomenal lately. Like, everything they've needed offensively, it's been really impressive. So let's let's eat crow together on Joe Ingles. I'll
2: I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. Because I was the one who had the reaction, the famous what, uh, uh, which is just famous. been me. It's, you, Ty, you have no idea how many people bring that up to me. That's, that's <laughs> so, amazing. So many people bring that clip up to me, Ty. Like IRL people who are like not online will be like, hey, like I saw that clip. <laughs> and like... Like, hey, hey, how's Joe every every time Joe Ingalls does something, I get a flurry of texts about like, hey, hey, are you watching Joe Ingalls do this? So here, let me let me let me go let me let me go on a little Joe Ingalls thing. This is a positive thought. First of all, it was a win-win scenario for me. Either Joe Ingalls is really good, or I was right. So I couldn't really lose there. Uh I set myself up really well there, uh, with that take. Two. There's still some concerns about maybe how is he going to hold up on the defensive end? How is he going to hold up against, like, super athletic guards? How long is he going to be able to keep this up? Is this just, like, found money? Is he going to slow down at some point? We have yet to see because, like you mentioned, it's only been 13 games. However, in those 13 games, well, maybe not the first couple, uh, but in these last stretch of games, like you mentioned, he has looked phenomenal. He has looked absolutely phenomenal. He's looked like the guy that we wanted to see. I was concerned that we were not going to be able to see this guy because of his age, because of his injury, because of his time off the court, because of uh, not. No, not that he did anything bad off the court, but I'm just saying he he's a fantastic person off the court. Support Joe Um uh, But in terms of like he's missed so much time at his age. Um, but there's also like uh, it, it was it was not it was not a given. That he was going to get back to this, which is why you and I had valid concerns about this. He looks like he's back, Ty. He looks like he's back. He looks like a guy who can command an offense. He looks like another ball handler, the guy that they were missing. When, like we've mentioned in the past, even with Chris Middleton on this team, this uh this Bucks team fully strength last season needed more ball handling. They've needed more playmaking, they've needed more guys. Who are capable of making the right decision, capable of trusting him with the ball in his hands? Joe Ingles has looked like that guy. The way he reads an offense is spectacular. I think he might be the best passer on this team, Ty. In terms of reading and reacting to what defenses are giving him, the way he adjusts in real time to what a defense is giving him, you usually see, like, uh, you'll see, like J- uh, James Harden does this, and James Harden in his prime fantastic terrific playmaker one of the best in the league right he will re- he will set a screen see what the defense gives him then he'll be like okay let's i know what you're going to do now come here set another screen but that allows the defense to reset joe ingles does not need the re screen he reads what the defense is doing in real time and makes adjustments accordingly in his drive in his pick, like in like as he's a ball handler in the pick and roll He will read what the defense is giving you. He will see where the help is going to come from. And I saw, I can't remember for the life. I should have written this down and done like an air video on it. But there was a play where Joe Ingles was making a pass to where the help was coming from before the help left. And I was like, what did I just watch? (laughs) Because it was like, he knew exactly exactly where the help was going to come. I think it was a Brooke Lopez role. I'm going to see if I can find this later. Yeah, But it, I think it was a Brooke Lopez role. And then he knew exactly where the help was going to come from because Brooke was about to roll into wide open space. And he made that pass before the defender even took off. And the defender still took off because they had to go help on the Brooke Lopez role because you're not going to assume that a guy is going to throw the pass to where you're going to help from. But Joe Ingles is that guy. He has been a terrific playmaker. He's been a good shooter. He's been what this team has needed. He's given them a massive, massive boost off the bench. He has commanded this second unit so, so well. In fact, sometimes the second unit looks more cohesive offensively, even when Giannis is on the court, even when Giannis is playing. The second unit looks more cohesive because Joe Ingles is out there commanding the floor. All props to Joe Ingles. He has been fantastic.
1: And I'll say, too, you can't dispute the vision. And not just the vision, but, like, he's he's both got – The I think, pass
2: accuracy tie yeah, is yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. And those it's are separate every things. Every single one is
1: on the money. Like, I think Giannis has improved in both. I still think – a lot of the time, I think Giannis probably throws better passes. Like, I think it's more about what he can – like, the way he can throw passes than what he necessarily sees. Some great cross court stuff, but a lot of the Giannis great passes are like, okay, Giannis drives and the help comes, and he like winds around someone and throws a bullet to the corner right, or like the Raptors game winner to Grayson where he's falling down and throws a bullet. It's that's, not,
2: you, that's fair. I I think Giannis still might be the best passer on the team. Sorry, I mean, Chris, yeah, no, he be, might. It be. used to be you, Chris, yeah,
1: but, but I think. I, but I think the vision. It's not. It's not like Giannis is like seeing these things. You know, like like you watch Jokic and Jokic is like supercharged, big Ingles, also an elite scorer, just like a ridiculous player, honestly. But Jokic will throw like the, you know, two passes, ahead pass that you're talking about that Ingles did. Giannis doesn't really do that as much. Giannis is like, I'm going to batter through your team. And if you send the help, I'll, I'll throw it to the guy you're helping from. If I feel like it, not saying he's not a, like a willing passer, he's just such a scorer, that sometimes he doesn't always feel like throwing the pass, which is fine. But I think Ingles has both like Ingles sees the vision and will execute like an insanely crisp pass. Like the one I'm talking about to drew in transition was like over the fingertips of a Raptors defender, but it was so on point and such a bullet. It just got right to drew and there was no chance of anyone making a play. And he really fires off some excellent passes. Like, the thing that I think it seemed like from what came out of camp and, and horse availability, after John Horse availability after they they signed him, it was like they're really excited about the playmaking, and you can see why. I will say, like Pat, his shooting is also picking up a lot. Unlike Pat, a lot off the dribble. Like he's a more dynamic shooter than I think I realized. Like very few, and I mean very few. By comparison, I mean, I'm still – it's it's sure a, a healthy percentage total. But it seems like a lot of his shots are off the dribble. Like uh, like going around the screen and then pulling up, he's so comfortable doing that. I didn't really realize he did that as much. That opens up even more because we just talked about how dynamic of a passer he is. But if you respect the role man or the help too much and you don't stick with him, like he doesn't hesitate at all. He'll go around a screen, fire away – and knock down threes. Like he'll he'll get hot and knock down a couple of them. I mean, everything he does offensively right now is really dynamic and additive to this Bucks team. And defensively, I think largely he's been fine. I think there's going to be times where he just gets burned because of the you know subpar lateral movement because of his age and and you know I don't know if that's really changed that much. But he's always been a good enough defender. And I think in the past has been a good defender intelligent if, defender yeah he's and strong and crafty drew a couple of three-point fouls on the raptors that were hilarious they they got jingled just like we did um the jingled thing is fun i just oh, was, i love it i'm all in
2: so much trash to the raptors too. oh yeah
1: that was just also incredible
2: so much trash it, it's just like it, it like uh what was it the knicks game the Knicks game, he was getting, where he he led the comeback. Yeah, uh, that seventeen point comeback, largest of the season for the Milwaukee Bucks. A lot of that was in part due to Joe Ingles and his shooting. He got hot right away, and he was just talking to the courtside fans, and it was so
1: fun. He's great. I, I'm just, I'm all, I, I'm literally. I said, I, I I think I posted. I'm swooning, like I'm actually swooning over Ingles. Like what he's been doing. It's like I, I remember my fascination with Wall this offseason. Yeah. Who's now in the trade block for the Clippers. That one hasn't aged super well. Ingles is, he's been decent. Yeah, I know. They're a Weird weird team. Really weird team over there. But anyway, they um, Ingles has kind of given me a lot of what I wanted though. Just like another playmaker who can also score. It probably doesn't score or as much like volume-wise as Wall, but the playmaking might be honestly better, especially as Wall who did rely a lot more on athleticism. Kind of figures out how to continue playing well, which I think he's still a good NBA player, but certainly, obviously, not the John Wall we're used to. Um, you, know, you know what my
2: favorite thing about Joe Ingles is, though, that we that? haven't mentioned? His slow drives. Yeah. Those, I just, I don't know what, I don't know how he does that, but it's just, it, he, he just does it. Yeah. Like, he gets his space because I I don't know. It's it's like the defense freezes. Like they think he's gonna pass, or they it's like the it's like the Kyle Anderson thing, where it's like yep. you think he's gonna move faster than he does, yeah. but he doesn't. Like you're it, giving him uses, space
1: because you assume he's gonna be a little quicker than he is.
2: Yeah, he, he uses his slowness to his advantage. <laughs> like no one does it quite as well. No. Slow mo does it, but yeah. like Joe Ingles, it looks like, it, he looks like Kyle Anderson out there on those drives.
1: I, I and he's so you can tell he's so used to it because he's never been all that fast, right? And it's like he'll finish through contact really effectively because he probably always has had to to some extent. Like there was a play where he finished at the rim and he doesn't get the call even though he t- probably should have. And I won't besmirch anyone. This is a positive pod, but I did compare him to a fellow Bucks wing player in the moment and said like that that player would have probably thrown up a lob to the Raptors just like feeling the contact getting a little flustered hoping for the, the whistle. Ingles just plays through and finishes the basket doesn't get the call, but you still get your two points there. It's like he's just – he's a hooper. Joe Ingles is a certified hooper, like a really skilled player. I got to circle back to Drew. I found my stat. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is a two-part guessing game for you. Ooh. So Drew is at 7.4 assists per game. How many seasons has it been? Or I'll say years to make it easier. How many years has it been since a Milwaukee Buck had seven assists per game in a season?
2: Oh, my God. I don't think Bledsoe
1: did it. Am I right in saying that? You're correct in saying that. There are a lot of Bucks seasons where the leading assist per game guy had less than six in it's recent giving, memory. It's
2: giving Shelvin Mack leading the Magic in assists a 3.9 energy. Uh
1: It's uh-huh. not that bad, but it's <laughs> not that much better. I, I
2: saw that the other day, and I just cracked up
1: all over it. So you. good. I can't um, believe they made a gra- – like, don't make that graphic. Come on
2: um shout out shelvin mac i guess yeah but uh if it's not if it's not blood so it's not drew it's not brandon knight and brandon knight not, never got up there
1: scored too much yeah yeah he's too 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 pure of a hooper yeah he uh, really won a lot of game winners that year people forget i never will he's posting a lot on instagram nowadays yeah it looks like he's um, having a good life man i'm happy I'm, Jonathan, brandon knight, come see, on the pod by the way you
2: also see you also see john henson works for like msg no no Yeah, he does, like, a studio show for MSG and was, like, hanging out with Bucks players before the game. Oh, that's neat. Uh, Yeah. Okay, but uh, was it – was it, like – it's going to be someone random like Carlos Delfino or someone.
1: Carlos Delfino not getting that many assists. Let me see. Was he on this team, though? No. You know, I think it was – it predates Carlos Delfino, actually. What? (laughs) Was it – (laughs) Oh my god And By the uh, way, this is not a full season I was going to do at least 40 games But I didn't want to seem like I was skewing the data But I don't know how long you have to go back I think you have to go back Gary Payton? He is the second most recent player to do it In 28 games
2: Oh my god, I I don't know
1: So 15 years ago In 07-08 Ramon Sessions In 17 games Averaged 7.5 assists per game 15 sessions. years. And again, only 17 games. Gary Payton, I think, played 28 games. He also averaged seven assists per game. I think before that, I, I'm going to have to go – I'm guessing it's going to be the like the 01 era teams because I know that um, – I'm blanking on his name now. Big Balls had – he averaged over his Bucks career over seven Sam assists. Cassell. Sam Cassell. So I, I know Sam Cassell had done it. So that may be the last full season Buck to do it. But it's been 15 years since over any amount of games, any Buck has averaged seven or more assists per game. Really, like, meaningful for Drew to do that now. And, and really, again, like, proving he is a point guard. Shout out is to Drew he, Holiday. He,
2: is he, like, the second best point guard the Bucks have ever had?
1: I mean, you know... If you look at their whole careers, yes. If you look at just Bucks, he's making some just just some money. Not yet, not yet, not yet. But he's well, he's not that far off. He's not that far off.
2: Bucks have not been
1: a point guard heavy organization. No, no. I mean,
2: they they had Oscar, obviously. Yeah,
1: Oscar is the one who I think uh, Drew is getting there. He probably has to do a little more. It's not Oscar played for. I mean, Oscar was still a great player. But I
2: mean, Drew's a Buck for life, so he's got time.
1: That is very true. I think I think the three guys on this team will end up being the three guys at their positions, no matter where yeah. you put Kareem. I mean, Giannis is already wherever you put Giannis. But
2: um, I mean, Kareem's a center, so
1: yeah. I, I think I think they fit next to each other, just fine. Anyway, who else should we give flowers to? I picked oh. angles. I kind of picked Drew oh. as well. So your son, or who else is on your mind? It's,
2: it, no, of course it's my son. Okay, yeah, Grace and Allen. He, he says, F your trade machine. F your trade uh, NBA, your Fanspo trade machine. I'm going to go out there and hoop. hoop and yeah. Grayson Allen has yeah. been hooping recently. Especially, he put up a, what is the tied for his season high in 25, uh, with 25 points against the Raptors. He's had three straight double-digit scoring outbursts. In fact, he's had six of his last seven games have had double-digit scoring. Which is something we hadn't seen from Grayson in a little bit now. He just looks like he's comfortable. Uh, we went through the growing pains this season of okay, Grayson Allen, you're gonna be a, you're gonna be an initiator. You're gonna be the guy with the ball in his hands. You're gonna be running an offense, and uh, it led to a lot of people, including yourself, Ty. Uh, having an ire of like, oh, my God, what kind of passes is he throwing? He looks uncontrolled on his drives. And it's been like, OK, well, hey, listen, give him some credit. This is new to him. They're asking him to do more than he's had to do in the past. The Bucks kind of realize that they're like, OK, you're doing lo- you're doing a little too much. Here. Yeah, a little too much. your Grayson Allen. And they're like, OK, transition back to if you have any space whatsoever, you need to shoot the ball. Yeah. And that took a little bit of an adjustment for Grayson. Uh, he had to get back into that role. He had to get back into realizing, hey, off the off the catch, like, it, it's tough because when you're going from, hey, I'm expected to do stuff with the ball in my hands to, okay, shoot the ball when I have the ball in my hands. It's a little bit of an adjustment. It's a mindset adjustment. It takes time that people weren't giving him enough credit for it. <laughs> <Ty>. uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to defend myself here. Um, all
1: right, it's a positive no pod. I won't bring up the tour dates that he was putting up before this uh, most recent. So go ahead, Robert.
2: but he was putting up tour dates, Ty, because it's like it's a shift in game that you have to go through mid season. Like he's had to go through two shifts in the role he's expected to play mid season, and now he looks like he. And each time, like the first time, he found his groove after like a stretch of games. He was like, "Okay, now I'm more controlled. I'm finding my lanes. I know what to do when I'm driving." I'm making better passes. I'm making better reads. He gets there. Then he had to make an adjustment. Then there's going to be a rough stretch. But now he's getting used to it. He's used to this role. He's finding his shot again. And Ty, like, this looks like a guy who can be a really, really, really productive member of the Milwaukee Bucks. He is a guy who commands, like, uh, commands defense's respect. He also has the skills now, since he had the ball in his hands a lot earlier in the season to attack off closeouts he looks explosive off closeouts now he's making wild finishes at the rim last night against the Raptors he had like a double clutch like uh up and under and I was like oh my god Grayson (laughs) Allen like you you look at Giannis's reaction on the bench he he couldn't believe it yeah he had to like do like a double take like oh my god is that Grayson Allen He's making those rim finishes, like these crazy rim fish finishes, on the regular now. He looks so much more comfortable as like a tertiary like playmaker rather than a secondary. If he gets knocked down a peg, he looks so, so much more comfortable with the ball in his hands. And I think that is going to be very, very valuable come playoff time. What we saw against, la- against the Celtics last year in the playoffs was a guy who was not comfortable being uh, asked to do a lot. Uh, in terms of like, okay, uh, defenses are going to let me do what I need to do. I'm not entirely sure what to do here. Over the course of this season, he's built up those skills. He now knows what to do when he has the ball in his hands. He knows how to attack a bending defense. That's what the Bucks need him to do. the The defenses, the opposing defenses, are always going to bend to honest. They're going to bend to Drew. They're going to bend to Chris, hopefully, when he comes back. Well, come on, Chris. Like, please, please get well soon. I know he uh, also shout out to Eric Name. That was a great piece with Chris. Uh, And it just seems like, and also, this is a positive pod. So let's just say, make sure you keep positive thoughts when you're thinking about players and uh, why they're out due to injury. Like, don't assume the worst out of people. Maybe they do want to play. You should give them the benefit of the doubt. Especially when it's a guy who might be like one of the top five players to ever play for your franchise, and Chris Middleton, you know, have some respect in that regard. Uh, it's not
1: Serge Ibaka or anything. I'm sorry. Oh my goodness. I, I feel uh, I, I feel pretty good. I, I think it's not going to be too long before we see Chris. And that's where it seems like we're it's going. I mean, obviously, no inside info, but
2: I believe so too. But the defenses are going to bend to the big three. Grace and Allen needs to know what to do. When the defense is bent to those three and how to take advantage, he looks like he knows how to do that now.
1: It's just so nice to see positive parenting in our society. I'm just, I just love to watch Rohan gush about his son. Grace has played really well over his last seven games, averaging 14 a game on um, 56% uh, three point shooting, 2.7 assists per game, which, as you mentioned, I think that's notable because. He does have the ball in his hands a lot less, I think, per game. He's being asked to handle it less. But he's still being able to connect and and find good passes. But the scoring is the big one and 3.4 rebounds. Grayson is, you know, against the Raptors late, came up with a couple big rebounds to help seal the deal and really just has... Dante-esque, like, big leaping rebounds, which can be beneficial. And a
2: very, very sneaky, great offensive tap-out guy on rebounds. He's had a couple of big ones over the last uh, stretch of games, where it's just like, he just finds his way in there and is able to tap out rebounds. He gets in the mix. He does get in the mix, and he's putting his effort in. Like, you can't say he's not trying out there. He's putting his full effort out there. And I will say, I I see you, Grayson. I see you putting your effort there.
1: I also think again a player who Ingles has helped out a lot, and, and the additional ball handling he provides. I think, you know, it's I, I'm really excited to see eventually, like the Chris Giannis Drew Ingles lineups, because then it's like that's a lot. Like how much fun could that be with the year four playmakers and whoever else out there? I mean, really anyone? Um, that's going to be a lot of fun when it ever happens. I was going to give you, and I, I know I keep circling back, but I was going to give you what the offense with Ingles and where that ranks uh, for the NBA, because obviously the Bucks' overall offensive rating is terrible. It's in the dirt this season. The Bucks have the up to 23rd ranked hey. offense in the NBA. I was going to give you Ingles. I realized there's actually a player now after these last few games who has a better on offensive rating than Ingalls on the Bucs, which I believe Ingalls was first for about a week there. Do you know who it is? Is it Bobby? No. Or is it, it is it Brooke? It's Drew Holiday.
2: Oh, that dog.
1: Drew Holiday, the Bucks 115.2 offensive rating with Drew on. That would rank fifth in the NBA ahead of the Dallas Mavericks. Also, a plus 6.9 net rating in Drew Holiday's minutes. That would have ranked first in the league ahead of the Celtics. Like that's how good they've played with Drew on. Again, with barely any Chris with the last two games without Giannis. Like he's been that good that they've been dominant in his minutes offensively. And of course, a great defensive rating as well. Ingles, despite have Lee being second in um, net offensive rating while he's on, 114.7, which I think would be like sixth in the NBA. So still very good. His, uh, his net rating is still minus point. One, uh, because the defensive rating has not been great in those minutes. I think there's some bad early games that are still factoring in there. Um, but cool to see Drew have that much of an effect offensively. But, yeah, I think there is still a lot of potential just for getting healthy and seeing what that does to the offense. So I'm still not all that concerned about the Bucs' offensive rating. Let's do some rapid fire here. I think we can bounce around a bit. I think we've got to go Brooke next. I um, the headband was excellent I mean he said Gary Trent Jr's headband was talking to him that's how he, he that's why he ripped no, it he, off
2: he, no not Gary Trent what did he say Steve Trent or whatever yeah is.
1: I don't love that after the last time a buck intentionally misnamed hey, an opponent didn't well
2: it's a positive pod type. It okay. is a
1: positive pod. All right, um, but let's not bring up the skeletons in the closet. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Outside of that, Brooke Lopez. I, think, I also think
2: Brooke Lopez is uh, has a higher degree of respect uh, garnered for him yeah. than the other person, Yeah, who I've lost complete all respect for after some oh yeah allegations. That's right. okay. Positive um, pod.
1: Positive pod. Brooke Lopez. Ahead. Yes. Go ahead. Third per game on the Milwaukee Bucks and scoring. Didn't expect to hear that before the year, even even knowing, I mean, obviously Chris is a big factor there, but 14.6 points per game, 6.3 rebounds per game, 1.2 assists for the big fella. We won't talk about the turnovers. Uh, 2.5 blocks, still swatting a ton of shots. And speaking of still, our guy is still knocking down threes, had some huge momentum shifters against Toronto. 40.1% 40.1 or if 40.1% of his threes knocked down still 44 games into the season for Brook. And again, a, a player who his age, the back surgery everything, has missed one game all season. Like really an impressive all-around season. Also, sneakily almost leading the Bucks in two-point percentage at 59.5%, higher than Giannis, higher than Bobby Portis. The only guys higher are George Hill and A.J. Green, who are not exactly taking a ton of those shots per game. So Brook has just been effective from everywhere offensively. Um, Still, you know, can be a little slow to react to doubles and take some ill-advised shots from time to time, but his spacing being much more real this season has helped a ton without Chris and without other offensive personnel, and the defense continues to be spectacular. So Brook Lopez... I mean, I did not expect him to be much better this season than last season, given the context and everything. But that's a credit to him and the Bucks conditioning and, and strength team that he looks fantastic. Like he looks he still has an all-star case. And it would be great if three Bucks go. I won't hold my breath. Uh, maybe if there's a lot of injuries or something like that. But Brooke has been phenomenal this season.
2: I I still think there's too many great guards in the east for Drew to really make it. So I'm still I'm still on the Brooke Lopez train for we, the Bucks we can,
1: second off. We can do a full pod on this closer to when we find out, but like the Hawks guys shouldn't go. I mean there's a bunch of teams that are just so underwhelming that they just We'll see. It's up to the coaches, which is good for Bucks.
2: I mean like what do you have got you've got Harden, you've got I think Jalen Brown's considered a guard. Mm. Uh, you've got like uh Brunson Mitchell Garland, uh, Halliburton, like that's that's already
1: six. I would take Drew over a couple of those guys. I would, I'd take Drew over Garland. I'd probably take Drew over Brunson. Really?
2: I don't. Uh, Brunson. Brun, okay. Here's the thing. Brunson's been putting up gaudy numbers. We'll we'll talk
1: about it later. Yeah, yeah. We'll do a full pod. It's. I'll, say, I'll just say again, and I know you know this, but just for listeners to understand where I'm coming from. The coaches decide this, and I think that is a big deal for Drew and even Brooke, who are like winning players more than they are flashy players. That's their yeah, best avenue in. Adam Silver will not help the Bucs. We know this. No. So injury Adam replacements, Silver, we probably have no shot. I, th-
2: I think Adam Silver usually goes on like the next guy, though.
1: Yeah. Actually, he did put Chris in, bizarrely, didn't he? That Wasn't didn't that Silver? Think- or was that the coaches? Now I don't remember. It was the coaches. Oh, OK. Yeah, I, th- I thought so. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: They usually go uh, the next guy up, uh, like, in terms of, like, uh, coach voting. You, yeah. Uh, Silver always does the next guy, just to be fair.
1: If if two Knicks and one buck go, cancel the game.
2: I don't think two Knicks are going. I think it's just Brunson.
1: I'm hearing a lot
2: about Randall. Yeah, because he plays for the Knicks.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway,
2: okay, uh, positive. Brooke Lopez, yeah. amazing, fantastic. Deserves all-star consideration. Deserves to be an all-star. Uh who's who's another guy we can touch on really really quickly? I want to talk about G Hill. G Hill, yes, yes, let's please let's talk about George Hill.
1: Again, a player who the shooting is picking up and the ball handling has been pretty indispensable, especially the games without Angles. He has an outsized importance in that role, but even when Angles plays, he's been good connective tissue. I know the story after the Pacers game was like Hill and Matthews, you know, dusted off. Is the Bucks saving or is Bud saving these two guys for the playoffs? And Wes, I'm not sure. I think Hill has West just
2: looked good. Wes looked good. He looked, good. George he Hill looked like six a m- minutes. Yeah.
1: And then didn't play again against the uh the Raptors. I I, I don't know if he's being saved. Maybe. I, I I don't know about that. But I think Hill is sort of being saved and also is just like dealt with injuries and you know, who else is available at playmaker positions, I think, matters a lot for his minutes. I think just generally, like Bud has had a tough time because some guys just can't play. And it seems like outside of Wara, whoever doesn't play, it pisses people off. I mean, that's he has a rotation. There's a lot of good players on the roster, as as Bud said too. But Hill has had a positive impact. He's been good defensively. You know, he had some great switches and forced a steal or a turnover for Indiana late in that game. He's – I think he had nine points and six assists in that game. Like that was – again, Ingles right now is not playing both ends of most back-to-backs and Hill has stepped up in those situations and just generally looks like a good, helpful NBA player. Again, with Pat and Ingles, the three-point percentage looks really bad. I think, again, he started quite slow and has hit more since then. I mean still not going to be a reliable, scorching scorer – but has come in and contributed and played really well. It's just been very sound, um, especially as the AJ Green oh, positive pod. Never mind
2: positive pod for sure. But it's 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 very nice to see. He's a guy who we expected to take a little bit of the backseat. Now that Javon Carter has shown that he is uh, very very capable of being the backup point guard for this team, but it's still it's still nice to have George Hill. Uh, I've always called him at, during his Bucks tenure a security blanket, like a weighted blanket for this Milwaukee Bucks team. He he's more—it's like it's—he's it, still a weighted blanket, but your anxiety is getting better, sort of thing. Where it's like you don't need it as often, but when it's there, it's still super nice. Uh, so that a little
1: look into Rohan Cotty.
2: I don't have a weighted blanket though. Oh, like, I I didn't, I didn't
1: like it. I got I got my fiance a weighted blanket, and I tried it. And I was just like it's just a heavy blanket. I think I have a simple mind. I was like it's just a heavy blanket I don't it need feel, this. like
2: i I've used a weighted blanket before, and it's like when you're when you're kind of stressed out, it does feel really nice I, I don't know if I lay down enough maybe maybe like i obviously hopefully it doesn't happen, but if you're ever feeling like you're not in a great mood, then try it.
1: okay well, I don't know where it is, but I'll, I'll try to dig it up and i don't I don't think she's loved it either um
2: but uh, but George hill <laughs> uh George hill is uh. He's just been he's he's been really good. He's been really good in the role that he's been having, which is it's more reduced than we thought it was going to be. Yeah, but it's still it's still a role and he's still really, really good in that role. And it's just it's so nice to see like this team is really starting to come together. Like you're starting to see where guys fit, where guys like, okay, we put this guy in this spot with this many minutes with these guys, these type of players next to him. It makes sense. And it's, it's all starting to come together, Ty.
1: Yeah. Bobby Portis, I think just quickly, the three-point shot, as I mentioned, still not falling. But he just does a lot of work in the paint for a team that needs that. You know, the Bucks. if if Serge is just gone, I don't exactly know what's happening. But, you know, I think they still could use a guy who can play drop coverage a little better. That's not Bobby's forte at all. Um, There's been some tough defensive moments, but moving on, you know, scoring a lot, still averaging a double-double, just barely 14 and 10.0 rebounds, but we'll take it 2.6 offensive boards per game, which leads the Bucs. Giannis leads in overall rebounding 56% from two huge energy, big impact plays. You know, Bobby has been indispensable. There are people who include him in fake trades. You know, I I think unless there's like a, a legitimate star coming back, he's not going anywhere. Unless you're going unless you're gonna George, no. That'd be fun. Siakam, yeah. you know, there's guys where you could talk me into it. Wow, Rohan's yeah. not sure about Siakam for Bobby Portis. That's a good headline. Um, But yeah, I think uh, overall it's been indispensable. And, and you can see, you know, even though the fit isn't perfect, especially with the shooting – Right now, and we still hope that maybe, you know, Brooke can get him in with the Noah or something and we can fix that. But Bobby has just been great and, and continues to step up when they need him most of the time.
2: For sure. he He's he's always going to be fighting down low. He's always going to be he's, – he's doing – he does the work like you mentioned. It's just – I don't know. Like, sure, like there's a bit of a defensive defensive issue, but it's, it's not as bad as it used to be. Like year yeah. one, Bobby Portis, like it's not that. Like he's gotten better. I don't. I don't think it's as good as last season.
1: The defense.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Might be a but little. It, yeah.
2: It, I think it's it's regressed a little bit, but I think it's it also has to do with
1: like the personnel around him. Um, yeah, and also he's. I think he's. He was more consistently asked to play the five last year because of the Brook injury, and this year I think maybe that security that weighted blanket. That's that's a lot of weight. Sorry. No offense, Brooke Lopez. Big guy. Um, I think maybe that that when you don't have it on now this year, it's like, oh, God, I'm not used to this. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I would agree. I want to challenge you as we end this pod. Ooh. Positive pod. Jordan, talk about Jordan. Oh, my God. I gave it away. Rohan, talk about Jordan Wara.
2: Jordan Wara is really increasing his trade, value.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a full trade pod soon. That didn't seem to make sense in the positive pod, but – Knock, knocking down some threes, 41%. no, no, no yeah. best since his rookie year. Yeah,
2: that's 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 mean. That's 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 rude of me. It's I mean, not it's wrong. true. It's yeah. true, but it's also like, hey, I mean, if you're increasing your trade value, it means you're playing well.
1: Yeah, like, don't don't look at the two point percentage. Just knocking down threes. He's he's, he's making defensive plays as
2: well. He's got good hands. He's Getting back, he's got good he's, hands, and it, it looks that like he's actively engaged on the defensive end. There's still some lapses. He's still yeah. going for some. He's still, like, trying to get some air and steals, which it's like you had no chance of getting
1: Huge 2K energy on a lot. Like, it's even like the 2K animation where you're like, you don't need to lunge your whole body to go for a steal. That is what we've seen.
2: Uh, Yeah, exactly. It's like you still have some of those, but it's drastically improved over what we've seen. Like, yeah. his defensive energy looks great. Like, his, his offense has never really been the issue aside from, like, certain shot selection. Um, but like it's mostly been like being engaged on the defensive end, not being a complete and total traffic cone on the defensive end. And he looks like he's really trying. He's also like offensively, he's moving well. Yeah. He's, uh, he's he's finding people well. Like he's actually like passing the ball, moving the ball. He's an NBA up. player,
1: I think, which is he's like an it NBA sounds for sure. demeaning. But forty fifth overall pick was not that. I think before earlier this season, just didn't fit really well in the offense. He's been a productive NBA guy, and I still think has shown enough tools that a team is probably going to want to, like, can we give him a bigger role and see what happens? And maybe he'll be a good, useful offensive role player for a long, or just player for a long time. Who knows? I don't think he's going to get the reps to do that with the Bucks, But, you know, he's looked good in in the, like, he scored when they needed him to score, which does mean something in the league.
2: And also it's like he's a, he's a little bit foul prone too. Uh, but it's, like, a couple of them, like, against the Raptors, it's, like, he's trying to take a charge. Like, he's yeah. trying to get in good defensive positioning. A couple of and good possessions like that,
1: against Siakam.
2: Exactly, exactly. There was one possession where it's, like, Pascal tried to, like, size him up, take him. And Jordan, he was moving his feet while he was sitting in front of him. Pascal had to pass out. I mean, given later in the possession, Pascal drew a foul on uh, Jordan Wara. Yeah. But there, it was, like, that like that isolation. It's, like, yeah, Jordan Wara, you held your own there. Congratulations. Good job. Like, that sounded hmm. really sarcastic. Wara? Six it foot, did, eight, I didn't mean that to be a
1: Six foot eight wing player who can shoot. I think maybe checks a lot of boxes for Toronto. We'll see what happens there. But if they move Gary Trent, could you not see them doing the DJ Wilson trying to do the reclamation project on Wara?
2: I mean, I could see it. Like Masai is like he's like it, it, he sees someone where he's like, I, I have a second round pick. I can develop into something. He's like, why are they not in my team already?
1: Yeah, I mean, hey,
2: I mean, credit to Masai, it usually works out for him.
1: Not as much lately, but yeah, in the past, for sure. Malachi <laughs> Flynn caught a DMP, I think. In the, let's move on.
2: <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, we saw we saw Joe Wieskamp out there. Uh, yeah. Not on the court, but like he, yeah. he was out there. I, I think, uh, I don't know if you saw tweeted a tweeted picture of him and Mamu catching up. Oh, that's um, cool. I didn't see um, I was that, like, actually. I, I was like, oh, that. that's, it's a cool, cool herd reunion going on. There. Yeah.
1: He, um, um, I don't think he's played at all with the Raptors. He played one game with the nine oh five and played well, and they did give him a second ten day before the game. So whatever they're seeing that they like, even though he hasn't really played for Toronto itself much at this point.
2: Yeah, but uh, it, it was nice. It was nice to see him out there, uh, hurt alum.
1: I but, mean, maybe uh, there'd be some minutes if the Raptors weren't. What did Van Vliet play like 80, 80 some minutes over a back to back?
2: Bro, Nick Nurse needs to be
1: arrested. Like, they're fouling down six with three seconds left. Why? Like, have, have some respect. He's just running those guys into the dirt. I mean, it's like – it's not good.
2: And you can see why there's like a little bit of tension there. And you, you – I think oh, I wanted somewhere. to ask
1: you this actually. And I yeah. know we, we have got a rap pretty soon here. But did it seem to you like the Raptors bark at each other a lot? Like I was watching the game on TV and you would see like a buck would get to the rim and make the shot. And I would just see like OG or Scotty or other guys just like – like it seemed like she's yelling, and I, I was like, maybe that's just coverage thing. I don't know, but look, kind of aggressive.
2: It it's like the the body language was not great.
1: Like I'm watching this, and I've seen earlier in the year people are like it's national media is blowing smoke where there is none. The Raptors are fine. Chemistry issues. I'm like, they're yelling at each other on the court in front of you. What are you talking about? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe maybe everyone's kind of accepted it since earlier in the year or late last year or whatever. But I was like, yeah, I could buy into there being some chemistry issues. They are actively yelling at each other when they give up baskets. That's not ideal.
2: Yeah, it's it's very less than ideal. But uh, I think that's uh, where we can wrap this up here. Say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on GSPN and Blue Wire Podcast. Make sure you're subscribe wherever you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on Repod. Uh, like Ty mentioned up top, join repod.com slash uh, GSPN. Uh, am I missing any plugs? GSPN.info for all Yeah, when,
1: whatever like. you forgot to say. YouTube watchers, thank you. Give us a thumbs yes. up and subscribe.
2: Yes. Five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice pod random and we will talk to you next time